Today I'm going to talk to you, and I hope you're ready to take some notes, about what we're believing God for to do in our lives personally, in our families, in our children, in our business. What does God want to do in our lives personally? Number two, Vision Weekend is not only about us personally, but it's also about us corporately, what God is wanting to do in the life of Church of the King. I do want to say Happy New Year. Come on, can we just say the count of three? Come on, one, two, three. Happy New Year. It's always exciting to come into a new year. It's fun to go to the gym. People have new clothes on, which means that they previously were not in that place at the gym. It's always exciting to see. There's such a, a, a thing in the air. I trust that all of you had a wonderful time, wonderful holidays. Uh, I do this as church. So it's time of confession. Uh, you don't have to raise your hand. I'll do it vicariously for all of you. How many of y'all ate too much? Come on, just raise your hand. I know that I did, and that's why I'm not wearing a sweater. I got a big jacket on. Can I have a witness in God's house? It's fun. It's fun. And by the way, that's why we fast right in the new year. Why? To be, it's, it's just to kind of lose all that we gained. I trust, I do want to say this on a serious note. I hope that all of you guys are going to be fasting with us this week. It's going to be a great time. I'll start my fast tomorrow. We'll fast all throughout the week. Break it next Saturday, and it's a time. Fasting is not a time where we're putting God's arm behind his back. You know, finally God goes, all right, just help them down there. You know, these people are starving. That's not the point of fasting. Fasting is a time where we temporarily say no to some things so we can say yes more to God. It's a place where we position our souls before God to hear God. You can actually hear God. You got, got to, by the way, by the way, I'll say this. Fasting is also a place where we, where we position ourselves for breakthroughs from God. There's something supernatural that happens in our lives when we pray and fast. So I want to talk to you today about you in a new year. I want to talk about you and what you're believing God for. I, I know that this is the moment each year Again, we always start our spiritual growth campaign the second week of January. I'm going to be teaching through a book of the Bible, the book of Philippians. I'm going to be talking about that in just a moment. But, but this first weekend of the new year, I talk about you. I talk about what God is wanting to do in your life. And again, I know everybody comes with a certain expectation because in the new year, there's that sense where we talk about dreams, we talk about vision and believing God. The problem is... The problem is, is that this year didn't end up the way that it began for you. You came in and you were excited and you were taking notes last year at this weekend. And pastor was talking about dreaming big and having a vision from God and writing it down. And, and the truth is, that there was a lot of disappointment in your life this year. Things didn't work out the way that you thought. You had hopes, you had expectations, but those dreams didn't pan out. That vision didn't pan out. Your relationships didn't pan out. Something maybe happened in the, in the life of a child. Something happened maybe in your business or, and you wrote that down. Or something in your marriage, man, it just, it, boy, it spun out of control. And now you're in the new year again. And you're having to believe God. And to be honest, some of you are a little bit scared to do that. I don't want to be disappointed again. I don't want to believe God and, and things don't work out again, again. And so now you're reluctant. Pastor, how do I deal with reluctancy in a new year when I'm coming in? And there's this certain sense of contrast, this tension 
between wanting to believe God for the new and yet not wanting to be disappointed once again. Maybe that's where you are. If you are there, you're in good company. There's actually a man in the Bible. His name is Peter. Peter had a big dream from God, big hopes, big expectations. I mean, called of God, and yet, and yet he had disappointment in his life. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 16, I've actually been to that place in Caesarea Philippi where, where Peter had the great revelation of all revelations when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter, what did he do? He said, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Boom, revelation from heaven. Only moments later to try to stop Jesus from going to the cross when Jesus looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. Talk about a failure. Or what about a couple chapters before that when Jesus walks up to the disciples and they're, and they're in the boat and, 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 and Jesus has a dialogue with the disciples and only Peter gets out of the boat, watch this, and he takes a couple steps on Lake Pontchartrain <laughs> only to take his eyes off of Jesus and to sink thereafter. By the way, before we judge Peter, I do want to posit this thought. When was the last time you took three steps on a lake without sinking? Be careful when you judge. I think the greatest failure, though, is that night, the irony of this. He was the only one that followed Jesus to Caiaphas' house. He was the only night on the night, of, on the night when Jesus was before the ruling Jewish council. He was the only one there, and yet that little peasant girl came up to him in the courtyard by the fire. Watch this, by the fire. Hey, aren't you one of those followers of Jesus? Hey, you, you know this guy. Weren't you in the garden? Wait, time out. Don't, hold, time out. No, I don't know the guy. A couple moments later, hey, I know you're one of those guys. You, you, wait, time out. No, I don't know that guy. Third time, he denies the Lord, and the rooster crows. Talk about failure. Failure... Failure is very unique in the sense that uh, there's this thing called the tyranny of the familiar. When people fail, they often go back to the thing that they're familiar with. Isn't it interesting that Peter went back to fishing? The thing that he did before he began to follow the Lord. So Peter, if he was the church of the king in the very first week of January, before John 21, what we'll get to in a moment, and if Peter was hearing, dream big, God's got big dreams for your life. Peter could be a little guarded. Peter could be a little reluctant. We find this moment in John 21 when Peter is at the seashore of Galilee and he is, he's cooking fish. Moments before this, Days before this, Peter, the Bible says, after he failed, the Lord went out. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, and he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. He was disappointed in himself. He was disappointed in life. He was disappointed in relationships. By the way, bitterness, there's nothing that can destroy your dream greater than bitterness. Maybe that's where you are. Bitter at life, bitter at God. Bitter at yourself, bitter because of choices you've made. I've got good news for you. You're about to have an encounter with Jesus. John chapter 21, the whole scene is set. Peter denies the Lord in front of a fire. 
and he's about to be reignited in front of a fire. There's a fire at the beachside that day in Galilee, John chapter 21, verse 15. The Bible says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? This is now Jesus. This is after the denial of Peter. He denied Jesus after Peter denied. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. And he said again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? By the way, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Come on, say it. Isn't it interesting that every question is to try to root out, excavate, and pull out of Peter the denial heart? Every time he's going deeper and deeper. I want to get failure out of your heart. By the way, you can make a mistake, but that doesn't make you a mistake. You can fail, but that doesn't make you a failure. That's an action. That's not your identity. And Jesus was after the core of Peter. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, then tend my sheep. And he said a third time, everybody say three. Three denials, watch this, three drawbacks into his destiny. He says, a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said, a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was saying this. You made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. Get back and dream again. I believe God's saying that to us again. Hey, so I want to say this as your pastor. Take the wall down. Take the wall down. Don't self-protect. Dream again. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to breathe upon your heart, wants to breathe upon your marriage, wants to breathe upon your kids, wants to breathe upon your life, wants to breathe upon whatever you put your hands to. Dream again. Come on, everybody say it at the count of three. One, two, three. Dream again. How many are grateful that God restores dreams? Come on. God wants to do that in your life today. So I want to give you guys three practical things about how to write down God's dream and vision your life. And then I want to talk about some exciting things for Church of the King. Again, for you personally, and then we're going to talk about corporately. Number one, so what do I do, Pastor? God is speaking to me three ways to live with vision in 2024. Number one, we receive God's vision. God, there is a difference between your vision and God's vision for your life. And I want to say this to those of you that are new in Christianity. Uh, maybe you've just crossed the line of faith. You become born again. You're walking with Jesus. I want to say this as your new pastor. God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. It's more fulfilling. It's more satisfying. It's, let me tell you something. It's more exciting. God's plan for your life. So let me tell you, there's a big difference between a good idea and a God idea. There's a big difference between your plan for your life and God's plan for your life. Number one, we want to start 2024 with receiving God's vision for our life. John chapter 21, verse 17, Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep. What was he doing? He was saying this, listen, Peter, don't go do what you want to do. Do what I've called you to do. You know what God's telling us? Here's, here's what he's saying. He's pulling some of you guys from the edges, from your broken dreams, broken hopes, feeling disoriented. And he's saying, hey, hey, get back in the game. Get back in the game. 
2024 is about, about a perspective shift. See life from God's perspective. Get back in the game. I know things didn't work out the way that you thought, but that's okay. That's through your eyes. Let's see life through God's eyes. Get back in the game. Number one, receive God's vision. What is your encouragement, pastor? Open your heart afresh to God's plan for your life. You know, it's interesting. There's a concept here. In the same way that Jesus was calling Peter and giving Peter a dream for his life. God is the one that gives us vision. God is the one that gives us dream. I'm going to use an analogy. There's no other way that I can say it other than just clearly this way. God wants to impregnate us with his dream for our lives. And by the way, pregnancy only happens through intimacy. We have to have intimacy with God. Pastor, I just don't have a dream from God. Have you been spending time with God? Have you been close enough to God for God to place his dream in your heart? You can't get God's dream from your heart being distant from God. You've got to press in to God. And when you press in to God, God breathes his dream. In other words, there was a proximity between Jesus and Peter on the beach. We've got to move towards the Lord. When God speaks to you, what do you do? Vision is an inner picture of a preferable future. God gives vision to our lives. How many people are just what I would call wandering generalities? They're just kind of wandering through life. God doesn't want you wandering. God wants you to wake up each day with a sense of purpose, with a sense of intentionality. Well, how do you do that? It's to receive God's vision for your life. Vision is a, it is a inner picture of a future that God has for your life. I love this Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. What's the, what's the opposite of that? What's the contrast? Where there is vision, people live. Pastor, I just don't feel like I want to get out of bed in the morning. I, I just don't feel like I just, I don't, I've lost my zest of life. What you've lost is not your zest. What you've lost is God's vision for your life. Because if you have God's vision for your life, you'll get out of bed in the morning. You'll engage with the day. Why? Because you're living, somebody, you're living a bigger dream. Your dream is very small. God's dream is very big. It's very big for your life. It's fulfilling. It doesn't mean it's trial-free. It doesn't mean it's trouble-free. But it is fulfilling above all things. God is wanting to breathe afresh his dream, his purpose into your heart. Where there is vision, people live. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. Every year during this time of the year, I do two things in the month of December. On my couch, I wake up in the morning, I've got my Bible, I've got all these books, I've got all these notebooks, I've got my life journal, I've got my life plan, I've got visions. I've got all these books on the couch, and I take December, I take December to do two things. Number one, reflect, and number two, receive. Reflect upon the last year. What have I learned? How can I make some adjustments? What were some mistakes I made? What did I, remember, a mistake, I can either, let me tell you, I can either stop right there or I can learn right there. How do I learn? How do I do things differently? And so I take the month of December. My wife will tell you, I got all these books all over my couch and and I sit in the morning, I got a little fireplace I put on and I start writing down things. I've got all these notebooks and what, what am I doing? I'm reflecting, but I'm not just reflecting. I'm receiving fresh vision from God. After I learn what I did in 2023 and how to get better, then I want to receive a fresh sense of God's presence and purpose for 2024. So I'm, watch this, I am reflecting, but I'm also receiving. Number one, have you received vision from God? Don't just live life on your own, out of your own intellect. 
God wants to breathe just like he talked to Abraham and brought him outside. Look up, see the stars. God, God was getting his eyes to look up. God wants us to look up and see his dream for our lives. We receive vision from God. Number two, then we write down that vision and that goal from God. After we see vision from God, write it down. Write it down. Have a dream book. I have a dream book. I have a life journal and I have a dream book and I write things down. I do. They're all over the place. By the way, I'm trying to figure out how to consolidate. I had a friend of mine said, Steve, I've got this thing. He brought over a notebook, but I, I, it's like I, the problem is I've got all my three notebooks. I don't want to consolidate in one notebook. Come on. Can I have an amen? Are y'all like that? I'm like that. I got all these things written down, but I've, I've got vision and I've got dreams and I've got all the, but then I've also got goals. What are goals? Goals are stair steps to the fulfillment of vision. Don't confuse a vision and a goal. A vision is macro. Goals are micro. Uh, Goals are the stair steps. In other words, I've got this dream from God, this calling from God, but then the goals are the steps that we take in the fulfillment of that vision. Don't confuse the two. It's interesting, the children of Israel, when they came out of exile when they were brought into exile by the Babylonians and finally released out of exile to go back to the promised land. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 21. Listen to this, Jeremiah the prophet. He said, set up signposts, make landmarks, and set your heart toward the highway. What was that? These signposts, they were goals towards the bigger vision. So God wants to speak to you and give a dream to you for your life. But then there's goals, and these goals are critical. Those are the steps that you take in order to fulfill the vision. Let me say another thing. Put your goals in writing. The starting point, I wrote this paragraph down this week. The starting point, one of the most important things you can do for both your vision and goals is to write them down. By the way, 3% of the American population have goals that are written down. Only 3%. I want you to think about that. There is a certain power neurologically for you to interface and interact, when you write something down, it inscripts in your brain neurologically. Matter of fact, if you write things down, watch this, or if you interface through typing, if you're, if you're on a computer or if you're writing things down, neurologically, just the act of you inscripting that in your mind, you can actually never look at it again and it would still be registered in you more as opposed to you not doing that. And there's the power of that. By the way, the Bible ta- that's why the Bible talks about that. The, the, the Bible talks about Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. Why? Because God's smarter than us. By the way, anything that the secular culture does that works, they've stolen from God, whether they give credit or not. That was good preaching, by the way, just now. Thought I'd just share that. The Bible said that thousands of years ago. Everybody say, write the vision. Write the vision, make it plain on tap. So number one, you've got big picture vision. Number two, goals. What are goals? They're different from vision. Vision is macro. Goals are micro. Goals are the stair steps to the accomplishment of the vision. Set goals for different areas of your life. Proverbs chapter 16, verse three. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. I have what's called the five F's. The F's are faith goals, family goals, friendship goals, financial goals, fitness goals. I think we've got them up on the board. Here, here it is. Faith goals. I'm going to read my Bible and pray X amount of time boom, during the day. Family goals, friendship goals, fitness goals, right? Then I've got financial goals. And by the way, I also have what's called professional goals. And I also have another category called self-development goals. So I want to encourage you 
Number one, have you written down the vision, the dream that God has placed in your heart? Number two, do you have goals attached to that, which are stair steps to the accomplishment of those goals? Let me give you number three. Run toward the vision. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. Write the vision. You gotta write it down. Number two, you gotta make it plain. That's why I've got them in my books. That's why I've got them written down. I'll look at them. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. Why? So that he may... Who reads it? Run. So it's receive it, write it down, watch this, watch this, run towards it. Receive it from God, write it down in a book, run towards it. Be a person of action. Take action. God can speak to you, you can write it down, but then you've got to take action. You've got to take the step. You've got to step out in faith. It's one thing to receive it, it's another to write it, but then you've got to run towards it. Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. One of the things I love about Church of the King is every year we do this as a staff. We do this as a lead team. We take December, by the way. I do it personally. I do it professionally. What do we do? We reflect upon the past year. There's a great value in the power of reflecting. Reflection is about learning. So we reflect, but then we also receive. We receive fresh vision. What is the vision? To reach people and build lives. We've got goals attached to that. We've got goals attached to how to accomplish that. I want to give everybody just a couple of things that we do as a church, particularly if you're new to the church. What we do at whatever location you're at, those that are watching online as well. Some of the things that we do, watch this, to position ourselves in the first month of the year. By the way, there's a power in the Bible in firsts. This is important. That's why the Bible says Jesus, early in the morning, the first part of the day, he would get up and go to a solitary place, and there he spent time with God the Father. The first part of the day, he spent with God the Father. By the way, that's why Christians in the Bible, they met on the first day of the week. There's something about the first part of the day. There's something about meeting the first day of the week. Oh, by the way, there's something about giving our first 10% to God. It's the first part of the day. It's the first day of the week. It's the first portion belongs to God. Oh, oh, and by the way, there's something about giving our first month of the year to God. There's something about setting the year by giving our first. And that's why we do three things at Church of the King. To do what? To give our first to God, the first part, number one, we pray and fast. I wanna say this to all the locations, please consider fasting this week. Please consider fasting. There's something about soul preparation, positioning ourselves for breakthrough. By the way, by the way, some of you guys that are dealing with strongholds, things in your life, things that have not been able to be moved, Jesus said this, talking about the demoniac. There was a demon-possessed situation and the disciples were trying to cast this out and he says, hey guys, hey guys, this kind, what kind? Relating to this demonic stronghold, this kind does not come out except by what? Prayer and what, say it. There are strongholds. I'm believing God for supernatural breakthrough in the lives of people as we give ourselves to pray and fast. How many all believe that God can do that? Come on, how many all believe that? in any area of our lives. So, so I'm gonna encourage you. I'm, I'm starting my fast. I'll eat tonight, this week. And again, it, and there's no legalism attached to it. Do whatever you want. You wanna eat, you can eat. You don't wanna eat, don't participate, it's fine. You wanna put, well, pastor, you know, can I puree a steak and put it through a straw? Whatever you wanna do. It's a guy, uh, uh, look, I, you know, 
I, there was one of the employees last year, one of the team members, he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm in passion. He goes, man, I go get a Hulk smoothie, five scoops of peanut butter. I said, that's more than eating a steak. You know what I'm talking about? It's whatever you want to do. There's no legalism attached to it. We just, we, just, we just give ourselves to God this week, right at the beginning of the year. Watch us to temporarily say no to this so we can say yes more to God. That's it. Number two, the second thing that we've got is prepare. Everyone say prepare. And prepare is very important. By the way, you can download a prayer guide at churchtheking.com where we talk about different types of fasts. But prepare, prepare is a three-day kind of old-fashioned revival. I don't know how to say it any other way. We bring in speakers, and we bring in John Lindell again. John is going to be here Tuesday night at all locations. This will be live at all of our locations John is a friend of mine. He pastors James River Church in Springfield. And, and I want to say this. I've always been very conservative related to talking about miracles, particularly healing miracles that are not documented. And I'll hear what I'm about to say. And, and I'm just, I want to make sure things are genuine. I want to make sure things are real as your pastor. I'm not, we don't do sensationalism up here. But I will say this. Last year when John came he didn't even pray for anybody. We saw genuine, supernatural, notable miracles. I am believing God. We believe that Jesus in the Bible is clear. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was healing people yesterday, he's still healing people today. He's still healing people today. So this is not sensationalism. This is not trying to build a crowd. This is Bible teaching, we're going to hear from the Bible teaching, and then we're going to believe God supernaturally for Jesus to heal people. And so we're believing for miracles. If you know people that just need a touch from God, Tuesday night, uh, we've got Wednesday night, Chad Veach, and then Thursday night, Pastor Herbert Cooper, People's Church in Oklahoma City. Three nights, we're going to meet praying, praying from 6 to 645. I'm going to be in the prayer meetings. And, uh, and all of our locations are meeting, and we are believing. I think we had 10,000 people come last year in, in our three nights. We are believing for the supernatural. We are believing for breakthrough in your life this year. The third thing is our perspective shift. Somebody said, what's the word for the year? I, think, I said, there's two words, perspective shift. What would happen in the quality of our peace, the quality of our lives, if we actually saw life from God's perspective? How many times... Do things look cloudy and gloomy? If those of you that fly and you're on an airplane and there's turbulence and it's cloudy and it's gloomy and you, and you finally break through the clouds and it's like, ah, it's beautiful. How many of you know when you see life from God's perspective, you can be in turbulence and all that and all of a sudden if you see it through his word, you see it from God's perspective, ah, there's a sunrise. I'm believing God that we're all gonna see life from God's perspective this year. We have a series called Perspective Shift. I'm going to be teaching for six weeks. I'm going to be doing all the teaching through that series on the book of Philippians. There's not a greater book in the Bible where Paul was in prison teaching the church at Philippi how to see life from God's perspective. Let me give you a couple cool things and celebrate a couple of things that I got two exciting announcements about Church of the King. You're going to love these, all right? By the way, I do want to say I'm so proud of our church. Uh, the last year was an amazing year for our church. We experienced amazing growth at all of our locations. There was over 1,000 people added to the church last year. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Isn't that powerful? <laughs> amazing. 
we call them campuses. They're really churches is what they are. It's one leadership team, and we're so grateful for that. Uh, God has called us to be a family of churches. That's what he's called us to be, to plant churches around our area. Of course, we started in Louisiana, Mississippi, now Atlanta, in different parts, wherever God opens up the opportunity. 1,300 uh, people went through Next Steps, six, over 600 water baptisms. We, we have 2,500 people that are watching, even as I speak, live right now in prisons and jails. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? And we just welcome all of you with us. 70,000 people on the weekend watch TV. Let me talk about TV for a moment. At 50, I'm 55. At 51, I never wanted to be on TV. And I just want to say that. And I just respectfully, for lots of reasons, I said, I don't want to do that. At 51, what, why did we go on TV? At, when COVID took place, the older people in our church emailed, text me, Pastor, we don't want to watch on a computer we, would, we, when you go, would you go on TV. So those of you that have been around, March during COVID, I mean, excuse me, Easter, April 2020, is, we thought it would be for two, three, four months. The problem is, is that it exploded. So many people like it. So, so I just want to let you know, we're in every bar in New Orleans at one o'clock in the morning. Let me tell you, let me tell you, you're laughing because you've probably been there and seen it. So people have sent me pictures, pastor, I can't believe it. You know, you're so because we're on different stations strategically. I mean that every bar at one o'clock in the morning, people send me pictures, you know, and this is a friend that sent me this. <laughs> you ought to see it. I'll go to New Orleans. People look at me and they're like, I'm like, yep. I'm the guy I was preaching to you last night. <laughs> and, so, and so it's just a God thing. I'm not trying to be this big TV preacher. It's just, it's Church of the King. By the way, that's all Church of the King. That's not me separate. That's all Church of the King. And we're just preaching Christ to people. How many are grateful that we're able to go into dark places? Come on. <laughs> Preach Christ. We want to reach people and build people for Christ. That's what we want to do. I also want to say this. We had the largest financial year we've ever had. You guys are a generous people. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Isn't that powerful? It's amazing. You know, we do things. We, we have a thing called tithing here. It's in the Bible. We give our first 10% to God. When we have so many tithes at Church King. And then we also have what's over and above called Kingdom Builders. I want to give you two exciting things about Kingdom Builders this year. This is going to be exciting. i got five minutes. Stay with me. Number one. People have asked, what about St. Charles Campus? Pastor, what about it? I'm going to give you an update, all right? We are so excited about St. Charles Campus. How many of y'all believe it's God's will right in the heart of New the city of New Orleans to have a building and a church right in the heart of the city of New Orleans? Okay, so let me, let me give you a, a slide, and I'm going to show you. When is it going to open? Pull that slide up. And by the way, leave the slide up until the next one. So St. Charles, we've already, we got full-blown construction. They told me to look this way. We've got full-blown construction. At, at our, there I am. Hi. Anyway, full-blown, go to the next slide if you could. So here's some statistics about it. The grand opening is Easter 2025. How many are excited about that? Okay, so let me give you a statistic. This is gonna blow you away. All right, this is how generous you guys are. The total project from the original, that building is debt-free. So for the original purchase price and everything, the total project to renovate is $34 million. Funds received $24.7 million. That's you guys. 
We just felt we were gonna, we just felt a conviction. We we're gonna do the best we can to make it debt-free and it is debt-free. That's a lot of money you guys have given. So, so when we move in that building, Lord willing, Easter 2025, that'll be a $34 million paid off building project. That's astounding. And it's because of Jesus in this church. And uh, so our financial need is, this is a kingdom builder need over and above our tithe. It's $9.3 million. And so we're going to just, I, I, we're doing meetings with people. And I mean this, if God puts it on your heart to give towards that project this year above your tithe, man, we, we, we're raising $9.3 million. I'll meet with anybody. I'll talk to anybody. And I mean, unashamedly too, because it is a mission. It is an opportunity to plant a church in the heart of the city of New Orleans. It's so needed. And we feel privileged that we have a part of it. So how many of y'all believe that's a privilege? It's a privilege. It's a privilege. I know some people think, well, that's crazy. Why are you doing that? You know, I think it's God. I think it's God. And so we're excited about that. And so if God puts it on your heart to give towards that with kingdom builders, uh, I'll meet with anybody. If you know somebody outside of the church that wants to give, it's a mission opportunity. I'll, we'll talk to them, and I, literally, unashamedly, because it's that important for the kingdom of God. Okay, number two, we're so excited about this. It's a great announcement. And then we're, we're done. Is, uh, you know, one of the things that God's called us to do is open up churches where, God, where, there's where, where there's divine opportunity, we don't look strategically. We want to go there, but what we take advantage of opportunities that God opens up, whether in the heart of an individual or a people, kind of like Acts 16, Macedonian calls. That's how all of our campus, that's how Church of the King. Church of the King was not Jennifer and I's idea. We were asked to come across the lake. There's not one campus that we have that was our idea. We were asked to go to Bay St. Louis. We were asked to go to Biloxi. We were asked to go to the South Shore. We were asked to go to Baton Rouge. Does that make sense? So we discern opportunity through calls from people or from a pastor saying, would you come? That's important. In this way, we are excited to announce that we are launching our first international campus in 2024 in Cape Town, South Africa. How many are excited about that? So I'm gonna ask Rhino and Alzani if you would come. And our lead team, if they would come to stand behind them as well, we're gonna pray for them. But I wanna say just a couple of things about this couple. You guys can come right here. We are so proud of this couple. Y'all come stand right here. The reason why... Uh, and they're going to just tell you the story real quick, but they, they've been with us for five years, and uh, we met six years ago. They were part of a church in South Africa that I knew the pastor very well, and God began to stir their heart to come be part of Church of the King, and now God is speaking to them to go back, and God put it in Pastor Rhino and Elzani's heart, and uh, they came and presented it to us. So tell us a little bit of your story. We're going to lay hands, and we're going to all pray for them in just a moment. Tell us a little story. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Yeah, we were introduced to Pastor Steve and Ms. Jennifer about six years ago, and we just fell in love with them. And uh, I remember the first weekend that we came to visit, we sat right there, and I was just amazed by not just what we felt, but what God was doing through Church of the King. Come on, can we give it up for God and everything that he's doing through this church? <clears throat> And me and my wife, we just felt like this is a God move. And we moved our family to the United States five years ago. We served at our West Asimilate campus as um, youth pastors. So shout out to Pastor Dave and Ms. Sarah. We love you guys. And then about a year and a half ago, we moved to Baton Rouge to serve as college young adults with Pastor Eric and Ms. Allison. And about a year ago, we started feeling a stirring in our hearts about a dream, like Pastor Steve said, 
a dream that we've been carrying in our hearts to plant a church in our home nation. And I remember going up to Pastor Stephen asking, Pastor, can we do this just in South Africa? Unfortunately, without gumbo, but I felt like, man, we, we just feel so strongly about planning a church and planting Church of the King in South Africa. And we prayed about it, and we are just so excited to see God do the exact same thing that he's doing in this church, but in our home nation. And let me tell you how this, how this works. So he came to us and said, we want to plant a church. And I said, man, that's awesome. We'll bless you guys. And he says, no, I want to explain this. We want to plant Church of the King. And I said, okay, let me think about that. I said, we got to we want you to come before our elders and our lead team and present a need, present exactly what you want to do, because that's a big thing. It's not just sending them out. It's a church of the king. Just like we have a campus in Metairie or Kenner, this is a campus. It's part of them. He'll be preaching, but this is a big, so he came and made a presentation, and we prayed about it with our eldership and our overseers and our lead team, and so this is our first church of the king outside of the United States, and uh, so we're super pumped about that, super pumped about it. Elzani. By the way, this is an anointed woman of God right here, a powerful woman of God. So we are just so thankful for um, Pastor Steve and Jennifer's leadership, and we love them so much. Um, and I'm actually kind of emotional this morning when I was thinking, I'm so thankful for Church of the King, and wow, this is an amazing spiritual family. It's so special. This is special, but you all, this is so special. And um, we're just so thankful for, for, um, building relationships, great relationship, thankful for serving with everybody. It, it's just been such a privilege for us. And yeah, we're excited to move to Cape Town. We're excited to see what God's gonna do through Church of the King, how he's gonna move in that nation. We are just so excited about it. Well, we're, we're, I wanna say this, and we're gonna pray for you guys, how proud we are of both of you. And you have been faithful. This is a faithful man and a faithful woman. You've served faithfully here. And so we send you out with full blessing, and you're us. We're, we're, we're going to Cape Town, South Africa uh, uh, with you guys. And so, we're so, so I'm going to just ask our lead team and my wife, Jennifer, we're going to just pray and lay hands on them. Lord, we're so grateful, God, for Pastor Rhino and Elzani. We thank you for the call of God upon their life. And they came literally five years ago. We met them six years ago in the heart of humility and faith. And they said, Lord, our hands are open. They moved from their nation to here to be trained, to be equipped, to be faithful to you. And Lord, we thank you for the fruit. We thank you for West Esplanade, all those students' lives uh, that have been touched, people saved and discipled. We thank you in Baton Rouge, all those college students. And, and Lord, you've put a dream on their heart to plant a church, to go back to their nation, South Africa, and to go to Cape Town. And Lord, we are so grateful for that, God. We lay hands upon them, and we speak a blessing. Church, say blessing. blessing. We thank you for the favor of God. Psalms 512, may the favor of God, Lord, astound them. Lord, astound them. May you do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that they can ask, think, or imagine. They've been faithful here. And Lord, I thank you for an explosion of power and grace. I thank you for lives being supernaturally touched. This is not a man thing. This is a God thing. And they're going with the full measure of blessing of this house. And they're going with the full authority of you, Jesus. And I thank you for that. Some went and some were sent. They're being sent. 
They're being sent, Lord God, with a covering and a blessing. So, Lord, we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm going to just say a couple things. I'm going to ask you guys to pull up this slide. If you would, I want everybody to see this slide about Cape Town. This is so important. If you'll pull that up, please, about Cape Town. It is, it is a beautiful city, and there's 5 million people in Cape Town. There's, it's going to be growing by, in the next about six, seven years, another million people. And so we're launching it this year. So let me get real clear on, this is a kingdom, everybody say kingdom builders. So this is an over and above need. We're raising $450,000 for what? We're renting a school. We're renting a building. We're buying sound systems. We're going to, we're, we're launching a church over there. That's what we're doing. So if God puts it on your heart, if you believe in this couple and you want to be a part of what Church of the King is doing in Africa, we believe that Cape Town is not only a gateway to South Africa, but pastor, it's, it's really a gateway to Africa. And, and we don't believe it's the last. We believe it's the first of many churches that, that God is going to do through us. And so, so if God puts it on your heart to be a part of that, uh, you simply, here's how you do it. You simply go to Kingdom Builders, and where there's global, you simply hit global if you're giving online or if you're giving in the offering. You just put global, global missions. You can even put in a check, put Cape Town if you want to do that in your memo. And all of those monies, again, will be able to help us. And by the way, we want you to, we want you to stay in touch with Rhino, Pastor Rhino. And I think we've got uh, his picture. Yes. And so that, that is his email. He'll keep that email. That's a beautiful family. Uh, with their four children, and uh, so they're going back in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, can we just give the Lord a hand clap for what God is doing? Love you guys, love y'all, proud of y'all. So we're we're going to close, and I'm going to pray a prayer, and then I'm going to ask all of our campus pastors to come on stage right now. I, I my heart is so filled with expectation and hope for you. Everybody, say dream again. Here's my prayer. Here's my prayer for you as a pastor as your pastor, as that God would breathe in your heart. I, I know this. Even as I was putting this message together, I just sense this from the Holy Spirit. There's been some people with some broken dreams in 2023 and some hurt, some frustration. Hey, you're in good company. <laughs> so was Peter. But Jesus is bringing you back to the seashore of Galilee by a fire. And here's what he's doing. He's calling you back into the game in 2024. I'm gonna pray for you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your presence on your people. Lord, I know there's been some disappointment. I know there's been some hurt. I know that, but Lord, you are bigger than their hurt. Jesus, you are bigger than their fears. You're bigger than their frustrations. And Lord, you, want, you are breathing on them, just like you breathed on Peter, to dream again. So Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we open our lives to you. Lord, we want to be a conduit of your grace, of your blessing. Lord, we, want to, we, we open our hearts. Lord, we drop the wall right now. And some of you just need to see that in your mind. Lower that wall. Just lower the wall. Just lower the wall. Trust God. He's got you. He's got you. Jesus, we thank you and we honor and we love you. Wow, what a powerful message. I don't know about you, but I am so excited for everything that God has in store for this new year. 
We also want to take just a minute right now to recognize those of you out there who might be making the decision right now for the first time to give your lives to Jesus. Man, we are so excited for you. As your church family, we are celebrating with you because we believe that this is the best decision you could ever make. Right now, you're not just starting a new year. You are starting a brand new life with Christ. Yes, and what an incredible decision that is. And hey, maybe you need to talk with someone. We would love to be there for you and chat with you of what it means to follow Jesus. You could easily let us know by letting the host know in the chat room, or you could text the word decision to the numbers 822-822, and we would love to follow up with you. And hey, make sure you are here next week, the 13th and 14th, as we kick off our brand new spiritual growth campaign called Perspective Shift. It is gonna be so, so powerful. We cannot wait. So make sure you're here for the weekend messages. Also, get your book, get in a small group and invite someone, bring someone along on the journey with you because we believe God is gonna speak to all of us in a powerful way. And that wraps up our time this week. We cannot wait to see you guys next weekend. Same time. Same place. Have a great week. We love you. We'll see you soon. 